Ryan Hickey in for Zach on this Monday. Don't worry. Zach is back tomorrow. A happy Monday to you. Appreciate you joining us and making us a part of your Monday on CBS Sports Radio. We got a doubleheader on Monday Night Football to close out week number three. Right now, 13 minutes ago in the third quarter, Eagles up 13-3 over the Buccaneers. They have the ball. They are driving. Been in a little bit of a back-and-forth, up-and-down game. Jalen Hurts has a pick. Baker Mayfield has a turnover as well. But right now, Eagles, again, 13-3, second half just underway. Eagles with the ball right about midfield or so, looking to add on to their lead. And in the other game, Bengals-Rams deadlocked at three. Joe Burrow is playing despite dealing with a calf injury. Right now, 12-17 of for Joe, 77 yards. Not really passing the ball a lot. I saw this about, it was about five minutes ago, so I don't, if if it happened, it may have been one pass. But according to ESPN Stats and Info, every single attempt by uh, so far by Joe Burrow has been 10 air yards or less. So right now, Cincinnati's not pushing the ball down the field, trying to get the ball up fast. Not having Joe Burrow, you know, try to scramble in the pocket or leave him susceptible to getting hits. I have seen on the sideline, he's wearing some sort of, you know, heating, look at a heating pad to keep that calf loose. So it's obviously still giving him problems. But right now, again, 3-3, Bengals, Rams, about 12 minutes to go uh, in the first half. There, We'll keep you updated and locked in throughout both Monday Night Football games here until we are off the air to make sure you, as always, are in the know. All right. Crazy, crazy, upset-filled week number three Sunday. To recap it, the only way we know how to on the Zach Gelb Show is by doing it one way and one way only with the week three edition of No Huddle Offense. Touchdowns, sacks, upsets, and last-minute heroics. Another NFL Sunday is in the books, and we've got you covered with the biggest plays and sound bites from another wild week in the National Football League. It's time for No Huddle Offense on the Zach Gelb Show. We start week three in Cleveland. Browns 27, Titans uh, Titans 3. This was an interesting game because the one clip I'm sure most people saw, whether it was Red Zone or on social media, was Deshaun Watson trying to avoid a sack, throwing the ball to a running back like five yards behind him. Ball wasn't errantly thrown, and it ended up being a, a big fumble, you know, uh, loss of yardage, I should say, because of the fumble. It's a really boneheaded play. A very Carson Wentz-esque play. But if that's all you saw from Deshaun Watson, you'd be like, oh boy, this guy sucks. Did finish the game, though, 27-33, 289 yards, two touchdown passes. Uh, you had Jerome Ford, who now is filling in for Nick Chubb. Not great rushing-wise, but did get in the end zone twice for that. And you look at the Titans. This is, they stink. Titans are just terrible. 13-25 for 104 yards for Ryan Tannehill through the air. Just 4.2 yards per attempt. And Derrick Henry. How about this stat line for what is a, you know, what has been a tank of a running back in the NFL? 11 carries for 20 yards. Oof. So that ineptitude on offense from Tennessee. Well, this game was over them pretty quickly. It was over really when Jerome Ford scored his first touchdown, a 19-yard touchdown reception. So we get 10-3 in the second quarter. Here is Browns Radio. 
Watson is in an empty backfield. Two receivers right, two receivers left. First and 10 at the Tennessee 20 on the right hatch. He gets the snap. Watson looking down the left side. He's got a wide open throw. Good for Chris Rose, formerly of, I guess, MLB Network, now filling in for uh, Jim Donovan, who hopefully we, we hope does get well. But Chris Rose there on the call again. Browns 27, Titans 3. How about the Lions? Big bounce back win after their overtime loss to the Seahawks last week. They handled the Falcons 20-6. to It was really a story for the Falcons of offensive ineptitude. Desmond Ritter was not very good. The run game, right, led by flashy B. John Robinson and uh, Tyler Algier has been a, a workhorse back as well. They've had a really nice one-two combo. Falcons running the ball yesterday against what has been a bad uh, Detroit defense. 20 rush attempts, 44 yards. Not very good whatsoever. Jared Goff was solid, 22 of 33, 243 yards, two total touchdowns. But Sam Laporta, First career touchdown reception. Finished the game eight uh, eight catches for 84 yards. And that score, let's listen to that score on the Lions Road Network to make it 10-3 in the second quarter. Out of the timeout, Lions are going to throw it. Goff back looking deep downfield. Got a man wide open. It is Sam Laporta. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. 45 yards on the connection. And the Lions are back in front. Nice win there by Detroit. They, get again, get back on track 2-1 and one now in the season. What a comeback for Jordan Love and the Packers. Down 17-0 at home to the Saints. Offense looks inept. No reason for hope. Even when Derek Carr unfortunately got hurt and had to leave the game in the third quarter with a shoulder injury, still not a lot of reason to believe. But credit to Jordan Love, who scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. The biggest, how about this, the biggest fourth quarter comeback in Packers history. A very story, uh, storied history for the Packers. And Jordan Love, in his first career home start, able to manufacture that history for the game. Jordan Love, 22 of 44, 259 yards, two total scores. The go-ahead. Romeo Dobbs, eight-yard touchdown reception. Here it sounded as Wayne Larrabee, uh, Wayne Larrabee, excuse me, on Packers radio calls. What was the game-winning touchdown? Taylor to the right side of Jordan Love in the shotgun. Takes the snap. Love throws right side back. Taylor leaping grab. Romeo Dobbs. Touchdown. Green Bay Packers. Sensational throw and catch. Oh, my goodness. This next game, as Packers 18, Saints 17 there. We could spend the entire segment just playing Dolphins scores. Ten. That's right. 10 touchdowns by Miami in the 70-20 win over the Broncos. History is made here a lot. You had 726 yards of total offense for the Dolphins, 350 of those yards on the ground, 376 in the air. 70 points, no surprise. Dolphins franchise record, second most points scored in NFL history. 72 is the record. Dolphins come just short of that. Tool was unstoppable in this game, 23 of 26. 309 yards, four touchdowns, more passing touchdowns than he had incompletions. Tyreek Hill, nine catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown first score of the game. Went to Tyreek on a long catch and run. And how about the rookie? Don't call him Devon A-Chain. Oh, no, 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 no. Start calling him Devon Achan. Hope I got that right. He won his name pronounced correctly after he had a career day totaling 233 yards 
and four touchdowns for the rookie out of Texas A&M. Let's hear the finale. The 67-yard run by Achan to make it 70 to 20 in the fourth quarter. Here is Jimmy Cephalo and Joe Rose, I'm sure, gleefully on Dolphins Radio Network. Barrios in motion, the pitch to A-Chain. Oh, oh, the left side, 40, 50, he's gone. 30, nobody's gonna catch the A-Chain. Touchdown, Dolphins. Well, you wanna see A-Chain speed at its best, what a day. The rookie out of Texas A&M has had, he just outruns everybody. What a day he had indeed. Again, 233 yards for uh, A-Chain, call him A-Chan now, 70-20, Dolphins over the Broncos. Chargers, Vikings in the loser bowl. We'll get to this game here in a little bit uh, in the next segment as well. I want to talk about the ramifications for this one. But Chargers do avoid going 0-3. They get their first win of the season, 28-24. Nail biters, Justin Herbert played really well, 40 for 47, 405 yards and three scores. Keenan Allen, how about this day? 18 catches, 215 yards, and a passing touchdown to Mike Williams. Unfortunately, we found out today Mike Williams tore his ACL, so unfortunately, he is out of the game, uh, out for the season, excuse me. Big loss there for LA. But on the flip side, Kirk Cousins, 32 of 50, 367 yards, wow, three touchdowns, one interception. But as always, with the Vikings and the Chargers, it comes down to the end. Both teams this year have not been very clutch. Both teams have found ways to lose. So someone's got to win this one. Driving down, chance to win the game. We do know Kirk Cousins throws the interception. Let's take a listen how it sounded first joyfully to Matt Smith on Chargers Radio Network. In the shotgun, Cousins to pass to the end zone. Up in the air and intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone. Kenneth Murray. Oh, the ball was up in the air for an eternity. And Murray has the concentration to secure it. Now, usually we just play one call, and usually it's the winning team's call because we love the jubilation, we love the excitement. But we got to play Paul Allen's dejection on Vikings radio. Not because I want to make fun of Paul, but I appreciate he is so passionate as a play-by-play man that he does not hide his emotions. I'm sure when that pick happened, he was, let's just say, not the most professional, maybe not the most joyful as he watches Vikings go 0-3. Let's take a listen how the interception sounded on Vikings Radio. Kirk, shotgun, back to pass, throws to the end zone, falls bouncing about, intercepted by the Chargers, and the Minnesota Vikings are 0-3. Are you kidding? <laughs> the ball bounced off a Viking, then a Charger, I believe, and was intercepted by a member of the Chargers in the end zone. Uh, that is Kenneth Murray Jr. If that does not tell you what it's like to be a Vikings fan, I don't know what is. Paul Allen lives and dies with this team. Unapologetically passionate. I love that. I want more of that. And unfortunately, in this case, does come with dejection. And what was easily the most forgettable, ugliest snooze fest of a game, Patriots 15, Jets 10. I mean, this story is about just Zach Wilson's incompetence. 18 of 36, 157 yards. Jets on the ground. They got Dalvin Cook, right? You have... um, what is supposed to be at least a, a good rushing attack with Brees Hall returning from the ACL as well. 22 carries for the Jets, 38 yards. Oof, uh, Zeke Elliott did look a little bit better. 16 carries, 80 yards for him on the ground, 5 yards carry. So nice job there. A little revitalization for Zeke. But here, really the only play worth listening to, Farrell Brown, 58-yard touchdown. 
make it 10-0 in the second quarter. Here is Bob Sosi on Patriots Radio Network. Gasecki moves right to left. Jones with a play fake. And a throw down the right seam. It's caught by Farrell Brown. Racing to the 20. 15-10. Chased by Amos. Five. Stretching out to the pylon. A dive for a touchdown. Patriots. Scott Zola. Get in. Get in. That was great. That was very funny. 15-10. Pats do get their first win of the season. A game I really thought the upstart commanders would win. Take on the Bills and... I could not have been more wrong. Bills 37, Commanders 3. Turnovers. Turnovers and more turnovers. Story of the game here for Washington. Sam Howell, four interceptions, sacked nine times. The Buffalo defense caused five turnovers as well. Just an absolute dominant effort for them. This is all about the Buffalo Bills defense. So let's give them credit. Here's A.J. Epinesa, 32-yard pick six, make it 30-0 in the fourth quarter. Here's Chris Brown on Bills Radio Network. Here's the snap, five-step drop, rolling to his left, going to step up in the pocket, and it's picked off by A.J. Epinesa going the other way. Blockers in front to the five. Touchdown, Buffalo! A.J. Epinesa with the fifth takeaway of the day. And this one goes for a pick six. Woo! Woo is right if you're a Bills fan. If you're a Commanders fan, here's the good news. It can't get any worse, right? Sam Howell, four interceptions, nine sacks. I will find it hard to believe he'll have a worse game than that. Speaking of having a bad game, the Jaguars. How about the Texans? Going down in Jacksonville, opening a can of whoop-ass. 37-17 in a game where C.J. Stroud really lit up the Jaguars secondary. 20-30, 280 yards, two touchdowns. His favorite target, Tank Dell. Rookie out of Houston, five catches, 145 yards, and a score as well. That connection is really heating up and looking to to be one that's going to develop well throughout the entire season. Texas offense was humming. Jaguars offense was not. 27 of 40 for 279 yards. One score, one pick for Trevor Lawrence. But this is really where the game changed. 17-10, Texas have the lead. Jaguars just scored their first touchdown of the, of the game. 17-10, third quarter. Jaguars kick off. And again, this is where the game did change. You had an Andrew Beck, the up back. 85-yard touchdown return to make it 24-10 and really end any hope of a comeback for Jacksonville. Here's Mark Vandermeer on Texans Radio. This is going to be inside the 10. And this is dropped, picked up by Beck. Beck still going, running to the right side. Beck has some room, 25, 30, 35, 40. He's at the 50. He's at the 45 of Jacksonville. Beck across the 30, the 20, the 15, 10, 5. Are you kidding? Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. Are you kidding is right. Nice win by Houston. First win of the season, 37-17. Over over the Jags. And to continue, I guess, the AFC South upsets. How about the Colts? No Anthony Richardson. No Jonathan Taylor. Center Ryan Kelly's out as well. They go into rainy Baltimore and upset the Ravens 22-19 in overtime. The story, the MVP, the hero of this one. It's not Gardner Minshew. Not Zach Moss. Oh, no, 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 no. The one we all thought. Matt Gay, the kicker. NFL record. Four, 
field goals made of 50 or more yards. He was elite. He was tremendous. He helped lead the win for the Colts. On the other side, Lamar Jackson, 22 of 31, 202 yards passing, 101 yards on the ground, over 300 yards total, uh, and two touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. Colts even did a good job containing him, but again, no controlling Matt Gay. Let's, let's, let's listen to the game winner called by Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi and Colts Radio. Matt Gay in overtime, 53-yarder to win the game. Here's how it sounds. There it is. Placement. Kick is on its way. It has the distance. It's up, and it is good! Ball game! I-N-D-Y! Oh, my God, what a great win! What a great performance in crunch time, fourth quarter and overtime. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Colts fan. The unison good by Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi there, elite. That was tremendous. All right, let's go out west to the Pacific. Northwest, Seahawks 37, Panthers 37. This is a game and a story of really... The Seahawks taking care of business. Geno Smith South, 23 36, 296 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Kenneth Walker, two touchdowns on the ground, 97 yards. But how about this? No Bryce Young for the Panthers. Andy Dalton getting his first start of the year. The play calling was interesting for Carolina 58 pass attempts versus 14 rush attempts. Never really trailing by that much in the game. It's like they were down by three scores, just had to throw it. Heavy pass versus row in the backup quarterback. Interesting strategy there by Frank Reich. Nonetheless, though, it does add up in a Seahawks victory. Let's listen to Kenneth Walker running in from seven yards, making 29-20 in the fourth quarter. Here is Steve Rabel on the Seahawks Radio Network. First and goal from the seven. Walker now in the backfield. He's the single setback as Gino goes under center. Medcalf is winged on the left side, but Walker gets the handoff. He goes in untouched. Touchdown, Seahawks! Number two for Walker today. So the Seahawks answer Carolina. Come right back down the field. Again, Seahawks win 37-27. Chiefs 41, Bears 10. Not much to say here outside of two things. Number one, Justin Fields is not very good. 11 of 22, 99 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick. 11 carries on the ground for 47 yards. Said he was just going to trust his instincts and said, F it, I'm just going to go play. Did not result in explosive offense, uh, in any explosive offense for the Bears. But on the flip side, right, the story everyone's talking about, there she was in the Kelsey Luxury Suites. It was Taylor Swift rooting on now her new boo and Travis Kelsey. So you knew. Well, if she's at the game, Travis Kelsey's got to score. Seven catches, 69 yards for the big fella. And here's Mitch Holtis. On Chiefs Radio, calling the inevitable Kelsey touchdown. Third down goal to go for the Chiefs at the three-yard line. Mahomes looking right. Back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Kansas City for the 48th time. Finds Travis Kelsey. Nine yards deep in the end zone. And the Chiefs lead 40 to nothing. Three touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes. Good, good for Mitch Holtis. That guy's all business. Does not care about Taylor Swift in the stands. Does not care about Taylor Swift being there. He cares about the touchdown connection from Mahomes to Kelsey. How many times it's happened. That is a man for the Chiefs. Okay. Biggest arguably shock of the week number three. Cardinals 28. Cowboys 16. How about Joshua Dobbs? 
I thought the Cardinals were bringing him in to lose as many games as possible. I was the, the idiot there. 17 and 21, 181, uh, 89 yards passing, excuse me, one passing touchdown. James Conner really good at the ground. 14 carries, 98 yards, and a score. Dak Prescott, not very good. 25 for 40, 249 yards, one touchdown, a brutal, costly pick in the end zone that basically ended any hope of a Dallas comeback. Big win for the Cards. One that really sealed it was a Joshua Dobbs to Mark, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Two-yard touchdown reception, made it 28-16 in the fourth quarter, made a two-score game, basically put the game out of reach. Let's listen to how it sounded. It's called by Dave Pash on Cardinals Radio Network. Third and goal on the Dallas two. Snap to Dobbs, play action pass, backing up, throws right side into the end zone, and it's caught by Hollywood Brown for a touchdown. Dobbs backpedaling, sprinting backwards, still had enough mustard on that ball to find Marquise Brown for a huge score. 12-point win for the Cardinals, their first dub of the season. And finally, Sunday night, well, thriller, if you will, sarcastically. Steelers 23, Raiders 18. Kenny Pickett, first game of his career in which he had two touchdown passes. On the flip side, Devontae Adams had a good game. 13 catches, 172 uh, 172 yards, and two touchdowns. Not really a good game for anyone else on the Las Vegas offense. Jimmy G, 28-44. 324 yards, two touchdowns, three picks, though. The deciding score in this one, Penn State legend Pat Fryermuth. 13-yard score, 23-7, third quarter. Here's Bill Hillgrove on Steelers Radio. Now this fake bootleg left. Goes for the end zone. Touchdown, Steelers. Pat Fryermuth, his second of the year. And Kenny Pickett feels it. That is your week three edition of No Huddle Offense. As a reminder, think O'Reilly Auto Parts for your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. When when we return, it was a bad day for the Vikings. It was a bad loss for the Jets. Why it's still, for those two franchises, a positive. We'll discuss why when we do return, Ryan Hickey in for ZG on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey in for Zach right here on this Monday evening. Welcome. Appreciate you joining us right here. If you are concerned about the Eagles, at least defensively, a lot of those concerns have been eased. 22-3 Philly over the Bucks, And right now, defensively, the Eagles are having themselves a day. They have forced one turnover from Baker Mayfield, an interception, forced another fumble they have recovered, and now have just gotten a safety tackling Rashad White in the end zone for two points. So it's been a Philly dominant stretch so far. Also have two sacks on Baker Mayfield as well. 22 to three. They are all over right now. The Buccaneers on the flip side. Defense running strong right now in Rams and Bengals. 6-3. We got right now so far through those two teams. Joe Burrow does have 109 passing yards, but that offense is not moving the ball whatsoever consistently. And they're not looking very good. So it's been a defensive struggle, say the least, right now. In Rams-Bengals, 6-3. L.A. in front. And now Philly really started to open up. But defensively, uh, defensively, they have been dominant over the Bucs. Again, 22-3 in the third quarter there. As a reminder, stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or listen on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. 
AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions do apply. Week number three was a negative for the Jets and for the Vikings. But I think in the long-term retrospect, it's a positive. Week three is a positive for the Jets and the Vikings because it brings reality to the forefront and has them realize this season is over and there's no reason right now to continue what you're doing. If you're the Vikings, you just fall to 0-3. You lose another heartbreaker at home. It's time to trade Kirk Cousins. It is time to trade Kirk Cousins. This is a guy you've been stringing along, one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal, where you're not married to him. You're not truly believing he could be your long-term franchise quarterback, but you also realize there's not many upgrades, so we're just going to kind of take it year by year, hope we could find an upgrade somewhere, but if not, at least we got Kirk here with us. You never committed to him. Right now, you're 0-3. Season is over, and you have a quarterback that's about to be a free agent at the end of the year. Trade Kirk Cousins, get what you can from him, and use that draft capital from the Jets, which, right, that's the logical and really only fit for this trade. Use that draft capital you get to either trade up in the draft in what is a loaded, loaded quarterback draft in 2024, or use that draft capital to trade for a disgruntled event. See who shakes free. Maybe Kyler Murray tickles your fancy, and that's someone you want to get on your team. Who... Whoever may be upset with their contract, be upset with their team, if you're able then to use that extra draft pick, take it and use it to get an answer at the future, either, again, by a trade or in the draft. And if you're the Jets, yesterday was an utter embarrassment. And you had 171 yards of total offense. You were 2 of 14 on third down. And you had Zach Wilson looking like a high school quarterback facing an NFL defense. He was lost. He was skittish. He was unconfident, to put it nicely. He was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. And it's obvious, Robert Sala, no confidence in him. The Jets' offense, no confidence in him. His teammates, no confidence in him. The play calling, Nathaniel Hackett, zero confidence in him. No one thinks Zach Wilson is a competent quarterback in that Jets' locker room. And in the year where, obviously, it started with devastation with Aaron Rodgers being out for the year, you now at least owe it to the rest of your locker room to give them the best chance to win. And right now, there's one name and one name only. Kirk Cousins. That's it. You got to go get Kirk. You got to go trade whatever it takes to go get a competent quarterback on your team. Because if I'm the Jets, I'm afraid of what happens if I don't. You saw it on Sunday a little bit. You had Michael Carter running back getting into a screwing match with his running back coach. We're in week three. This is only the second week of Zach Wilson as a full-time starter. And things right now, because of Zach Wilson's incompetence, are already unraveling at the scene. It's only going to get worse with the uh, 14 games remaining if you have Zach Wilson running out there as QB1. You can't do it. You need an upgrade. And guess what? Carson Wentz ain't, uh, ain't an upgrade. Matt Ryan's not an upgrade. Nick Foles is not an upgrade. All these names thrown out there are not actual solutions. There's only one solution. Kirk Cousins. And if you're the Jets, yesterday's embarrassing loss, your 15th loss in a row to the Patriots, signifies one thing. You cannot go out 
status quo at quarterback. You cannot continue to compete and roll out there and continue to say in press conferences, yeah, Zach's our guy. He gives us the best chance to win. Everyone knows you're lying. And you owe to at least the locker room to give them an actual chance to succeed and compete instead of right now putting the training wheels on Zach Wilson and basically begging him, hey, don't turn the ball over. Don't screw it up, kid. And how he's responding to that is by throwing the ball in the third row every single time he gets. He's so scared to turn over, he's just throwing the ball out of bounds. Not taking any chances, not playing with any confidence, and you are not going to win any game on defense and defense alone. So if you're the Vikings, devastating. Heartbreaking loss that you suffered at home to fall to 0-3. If you're the Jets, embarrassing. Loss to the Patriots in a game that that set offenses back 50 years. And it honestly was frankly tough to watch. But that, even though it was a negative for both teams, should be a positive in the sense that your future is now set in stone. If you're the Vikings, for me, there's there's no way about it. You have to now trade Kirk Cousins, a guy who's going to probably be off the team anyway next year, get some back from him to start using that to find your next quarterback. And if you're the Jets, if you had any reservations of, oh, should we use draft capital? Should we call the Vikings for Kirk? Can we make it by with Zach Wilson? You got a resounding answer. That resounding answer was no. Vikings, Jets, Get on the phone. Yesterday, absolutely cemented that. All right, it's Ryan Hickey with you right here. here. Easy for me to say in CBS Sports Radio. Even though Zach is not here, the show still goes on, which means we finish it one way and one way only. With the closing bell, we'll tell you whose stock is rising, rocketing up, and whose is falling when we do return again. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gubb right here in CBS Sports Radio. We got ourselves not one, Two barn burner Monday night football games. Here to get you updated on everything. Keep you informed with all the scoring. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Dexter Henry. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Elb. If you missed any part of this show, if you're a first-time listener and hopefully hear what you're like, good news for you. Make sure you check out the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Subscribe there. Every single hour of shows, whether it's me filling in for Zach, whether it's the show I host on Saturday mornings, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. right here on CBS Sports Radio. All those hours, all those segments uploaded to that podcast page. Hick at night, night spelled N-I-T-E. And some bonus content as well. Weekly college football picks, weekly college football previews, other stuff thrown thrown in there as well. So a little bonus content. For free, of course, all uploaded to that page as well. So, heck at night, night spelled N-I-T-E. Make sure you do subscribe and check it out. We are almost at halftime, and Cincy 6-3 Rams are right now leading the Bengals. And in Tampa, 25-3 Eagles all over the Bucks. They look to get ready to move to 3-0. Okay, you know the deal. Last segment of the show, one way we know how to finish it off. That's with the closing bell. Another day is in the books, and we're taking stock of the sports world. It's time to find out who's up and who's down. Let's end the day right and hit the closing bell. Only on the Zach Gelb Show. We'll start with the negatives and finish off and send you on your way with the positives. 
All right, stock down to the New England Patriots. No, they didn't lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets. They did win. You watch that game. That was an ugly game. 15 to 10. Look, I know the Patriots are not very good this year. But boy, with Zach Wilson, basically his game plan is third down. Let me throw it in the stands and not even try to complete a pass. To score 15 points and allow a touchdown. I'm sorry. Unacceptable. Stock down to the Patriots. Stock down to Notre Dame math, Manny. They're supposed to be smart guys, right? Notre Dame, very hard school to get into. I applied. I mean, they were actually nice enough to give me a rejection letter. Probably just ignored it. But they did send the email or did send, excuse me, the the letter back. Sorry, Ryan. We cannot accept it. Supposed to be smart. We regret to inform you. We hate to write this. We hate that this has come to this. But unfortunately, you cannot get into our prestigious university. But for how prestigious, how smart Notre Dame is, you can't count to 11. Not once, but twice. Two plays Ohio State ran for the Notre Dame one-yard line with seven seconds left in the game. The game is on the line. And not once, but twice. You lined up with 10 guys on the field. Didn't notice it after the first time. Noticed it too late on the second play. Didn't want to run people out there and get a penalty, a a three-inch penalty to move the ball from the six-inch line to the three-inch line. Look, I mean, you gave Ohio State a walk-in touchdown. A walk-in touchdown. Look at the formation before that ball was snapped. There were three guys uh, on the Ohio State right side of the line of scrimmage for Notre Dame defensively. Two guys standing up on the left. Outflanked, outmanned, and it was an easy walk-in score. Actually, I shouldn't say easy. It was actually closer than it should have been. But nonetheless, a walk-in touchdown. A walk-off, basically, touchdown for the Buckeyes. They do it, but stock down to that Notre Dame math. Stock down to unfortunately the Chargers. Tough loss for them. They won the game yesterday, but unfortunately suffered a big blow. Mike Williams uh, tearing his ACL. Tough, tough blow for them as one of their key contributors. I hate to see it. Mike Williams has overcome injuries a lot through his career. Really, really rough to see his season now and really before it does get started. Stock down to the Chargers. Ole Miss? More like Ole Piss. Are you kidding me? This was supposed to be the year, Lane Kiffin. You had a wounded duck in Alabama going to their house. You have made no bones and, and have not hid whatsoever of you wanting to beat Nick Saban. Their quarterback situation is terrible for the first time in a long time. This is not the Alabama we are used to seeing. This was the most vulnerable and the worst Alabama team we have seen since 2007. And you roll in there with your high-flying offense and score 10 points 10 points. Come on, Lane. I I can't. After this loss and the fact that it really was not even that competitive of a game, I can't take Ole Miss seriously again. I really can't. I won't get bought into the early season hype. I won't get bought into the high-flying offense. This was a game, forget about just beating Nick Saban. This was a game to... Stamp some sort of legitimacy that Ole Miss can actually be a real contender in the SEC West. And they had said go in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, excuse me, and lose by two scores. Again, Ole Miss in this game, calm Ole Miss. Sock down. Sean Payton, biggest disappointment so far in the NFL through three weeks. 
This was supposed to be someone who brought competency to the Broncos, who's supposed to be an upgrade over Nathaniel Hackett. And let me ask you this question. Can you honestly, in your heart of hearts, watching the Broncos through the first three games, tell me there's a discernible difference between a Sean Payton coach team and a Nathaniel Hackett coach team? I can't. I absolutely cannot. Sean Payton has delivered on zero promises he's made so far in the offseason, including getting 70 dropped on yesterday. A stock down. A big, fat stock down. The Sean Payton. We got a Notre Dame for their math. How about Josh McDaniels for his math? What a disaster. That was terrible. Down by eight. Two minutes to go. Decides, I'm going to kick a field goal. And think I'm going to get the ball back. And then explain after the game, I need multiple possessions. So that's why I decided to kick a field goal. Your logic stinks. Josh McDaniels is the worst head coach in the NFL. Showed again on Sunday. A big fat stock down to the Raiders head coach. All right. Let's go to the positives. What a game and what a day for C.J. Stroud. Two passing touchdowns. 280 passing yards. And that was a nice 37-17 win over the Jaguars in Jacksonville for the first win of the season for the Texans. And I really like what Brevin Jordan, Texans tight end, had to say as to why he's excited that C.J. Stroud is on his team. Listen to him after the game. Get away. How about that quarterback? That quarterback's unbelievable, man. We, I was just telling somebody on the sideline, the best thing that happened to the Houston Texans organization was us beating the Indianapolis Colts last year in the last game of the season. So, Seven's the guy, man. We, we rock behind him at all times. I was wrong in the sense that I thought I thought CJ Stroud would by far be the worst quarterback of the three uh, in their rookie seasons, and I have been so far dead wrong. Stroud has been the best. He's been tremendous. A big fat stock up to him and a big stock up to the Texans beating the Jags on Sunday. Should we give the Dolphins a stock up sounder for each point they scored, Manny? All right, I mean, we'll be here all night. 70 points, 10 touchdowns. Almost set an NFL record, 726 total yards. And there's nothing to say outside of that offense of performance by the Dolphins. In my 29 years on this earth, I think it was the best I've ever seen. That was incredible. One more time, Manny. Give him a stock up. Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. Impressive, impressive coaching jobs they have done so far through the first three games of the season. A gutty win by the Colts on Sunday over the Ravens with a backup quarterback, backup running back, backup center. And how about the Cardinals? Scrappy all season long so far. Fourth quarter leads in all three of their games. And they beat, handle, what has been so far most would consider the best team in the NFL through two weeks. That's the Cowboys. A great job so far by Jonathan Gannon and Shane Sykin. Give both of those men a stock up. Taylor Swift, she was there. We all saw it. We all know it. Big stock up to Travis Kelsey for just having the game in and of itself to lure Taylor Swift to watch him play. That's respect enough. Give him a stock up for that. But also, I want to hear Bill Belichick's take. This is a man of the people, Mr. Football. Bill Belichick does have Taylor Swift takes. This is him on WEEI, the Greg Hill, uh, Greg Hill Show. Earlier this morning. Where do you fall on that? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, power couple in the NFL. Well, I would say that Travis Kelsey's had a lot Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the biggest. Nailed it. Bill is right on it. Look at that. A man of this guy's a man of culture here. 
Talking some T-Sizzle, talking some football. Stock up to Bill Belichick. Stock up to the Oregon Ducks. They took care of business. They did what they should have done against a, a banged up and not great Colorado team. Smoked them. Stock up to the Ducks. Stock up to Ryan Day, Dan Lanning, Jake Dicker. Head coaches of Ohio State, Oregon, Washington State. They all three took aim at different people in the media. They were not afraid to give their opinion and let people hear it. We need more of that from coaches. We need more coaches telling us how they feel. All three of those gentlemen did it on Saturday. Give them a stock up. That is your closing bell for this Monday right here on the Zach Gallup Show. A huge thank you to Manny Rodriguez for filling in and doing a great job producing the show. Producing the show better than I usually produce the show. A huge thank you to you. The audience for tuning in and making us a part of your Monday right here on CBS Sports Radio. You've been listening to Ryan Hickey. Don't go anywhere. JR Sport Brief is up next. Zach will be uh, will be back tomorrow. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you. Have a great rest of your night. You're listening to Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio.